Welcome into Phil's Tax Hacks and Other Retirement Facts with CPA and Personal Financial Specialist, Phil Putney. Now let's get rolling with today's show. Hey everybody, welcome into another edition of Phil's Tax Hacks and Other Retirement Facts. Hanging out with Phil Putney yet again. He's still on vacation up in the woods at Higgins Lake. Uh, is that in the UP, Phil, or is that in just the upper part of Michigan? No, just in the uh, the upper part of Michigan. We're probably uh, 70 miles or so from the bridge. Oh, okay. Yeah, so our, our depends on how fast you're driving. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, for the folks uh, that listen to the show, the podcast outside of Michigan, Michigan is a deceivingly big state. It is a long yes. drive from Detroit all the way up to the UP, just so you know. And that's only half of it. If you ever try to go into the UP and go to the other end, it's even longer. It's so, even uh, longer. It's, it's yeah. Crazy. It is a deceivingly big state. Many states are actually, I think, Phil, we find that out. You know, Tennessee is kind of funny, right? We, you look at Tennessee yeah. and it's like, if you're going from north to south, it's pretty short drive. Yeah, if you you're going through pretty quick. Yeah. You're going east to west. You're there a while. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep, you're driving for a long time. Long time, that's right. <laughs> well, we're uh, we're going to knock this out because Phil's on vacation, as I mentioned, with the family. Uh, going to head down to the beach and do some fun activities. But we're going to talk quickly about the Secure Act 2.0. Uh, Phil, this thing is getting closer and closer to maybe becoming uh, reality. Uh, the Secure Act, we'll, we'll briefly yeah. touch on that as well. The fact that's already happened back in uh, early 20, and there were some changes there right. to help things for retirement. But there's some new amendments that they're thinking about adding into this and updating some stuff. And it's very likely on the horizon. So at the time we're taping this, these are not official, but I want to address them just in case they come into play or folks do have some questions about them. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's good to know kind of what's coming down the road, just to, to think it out, you know, see how it might play into your plans. Yeah, so. exactly. So let's start with the RMD age. Um, so obviously in the SECURE Act, when it first passed back in 20, they moved it from the ugly old 70 and a half up to 72, made life a little bit easier from the math side of things. But now yeah, they're talking got rid of that half year. Yeah, so. yeah. Now they're talking about 75. Um, and so explain the whole thing around this. Yes. I mean, the whole idea behind required minimum distributions is um, once you retire, you're supposed to start taking money out of the IRAs or 401ks, any of those tax deferred accounts. You know, I always tell the clients that that's the other side of the arrangement that you probably didn't remember, but the IRS is allowing you to defer tax on all these accounts. You're not paying any tax on money that's gone in. You've taken a contribution or a deduction on the contributions and it's growing tax deferred. The, the flip side of that is the IRS at some point wants their tax money on that, and that's where the required minimum uh, distributions or RMDs come into play. And that's the age that now they say, retired or not, you have to start taking this minimum distribution out each year. So that, that's where it came from. Originally, it was 70 and a half, and it's been that for years. Again, how they came up with a half age, I have no idea. There must have been an argument between two senators or something, and they, they compromised and came up with 70 and a half. <laughs> right. So, uh, what's, yeah, your, so, what's your thoughts on moving to 75? I mean, like, do you think that uh, a lot of retirees will appreciate or be happy about that? Oh, I think so. I mean, it, it, and again, this, this doesn't mean you can't take money until that age. It's that at that age, you have to. Um, so moving it out makes sense. I mean, we've talked on several shows before about longevity and we're all living longer, like it or not. I mean, it's just a, a fact, you know, so if you look back originally, the life expectancy when 70 and a half was introduced where it's at today, you know, I think it just makes sense to start pushing that age out mm -hmm. you know? yeah. and it, it just gives you more flexibility. 
Um, on our, our um, standpoint, I think it's great because we do a lot of Roth conversion plannings and strategies with clients. So this just gives us even a few more years now potentially to, to start moving that out. So, yeah. And it's not going to be a, a, a switch, so to speak. Just, I mean, the 70, uh, 70 and a half to 72 was just that, you know, all of a sudden it went from 70 and a half to 72. So with this, how they're, again, this is all proposed, but how they're looking at it today is that if you attain age 72 after December 31st of this year, 2021, then your, your RMD age now is going to be 73, you know, gotcha. and then it's going to kind of move out beyond that. So if you attained age 73 after December 31st, 28, now it's going to be 74, you know, okay. so they're going to kind of push this out and, and phase it in over a few years. And, and you might say, you know, depending on how your standpoint, Phil, if you want to be uh, pessimistic or optimistic, you know, while it may benefit some retirees, there is a, there is an advantage to the, to the government as well. They're, these numbers, they're allowing these numbers to grow higher, which means they're going to get more money. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Which is, you know, we need, we need tax revenue. Yep. Yep. I mean, they're, they're always looking for revenue and it, I mean, I always joke with clients to say, you know, the, the IRS has been a, a very patient creditor. They, they understand the game. I mean, they made all the rules, right? So uh, they know that at some point they're going to be getting their tax dollars on this money as it comes back into the tax system, either through required minimum distributions or just taking money in retirement. Or if you passed away and haven't taken all that money out, your kids or beneficiaries are going to be forced to take it out. And that was another change back in the original SECURE Act, but... Yeah. And so let's, uh, let's move along here with the secure act conversation. So I think that's first one that, you know, most people won't find too objective. Actually, a lot of these, this go around, uh, there seems to be quite a few positive pieces in this. Now you can, again, you can always find the angle for, uh, the government so to speak, but I think there's some good changes in here. Uh, this next one, Phil, employers could auto enroll you in a 401k. So currently, as we know, you have to opt in to these things. Under the new provision, if you have 10 employees or more, they would automatically be enrolled and you would need to opt out if you chose not to participate. This could be good for people, especially for younger folks, to just get them you know, rolling right off the bat with no fuss, no muss. Well, absolutely. And I, I mean, I personally think it's a great idea. I, people are, are often hesitant, especially younger generations, you know, as they enter their career to, to start into 401ks. You know, they're thinking, oh, I'm finally making some money and all these things that they want to buy, they, they think more current. You know, they're not thinking long term. Mm -hmm. um, so forcing them in um, to say, or at least opting them in first and they've got to opt out, you know, um, I think is a great idea because it gets them started. And the reality is, if you start, you, you're not going to miss the money. You right, know, and, right. and I always encourage my, we work with primarily those that are in that retirement age, you know, but as they're having that discussion or we're having a discussion with their kids, I mean, if you're not participating today in some kind of a retirement plan, you need to just start small right. and then increase it year over year and you will not miss that money and you'll be astounded the later years you get as to what that's done and where it's grown. And it'll give you so many more options when you're in a retirement. Yeah, and I think this probably won't affect too much of our demographic listening audience, Phil, because I get a lot of you know retirees, pre-retirees, folks that are maybe 50, 55 or over. This probably right. won't affect them unless they have a job change. Yeah, so. Right, yeah. I mean, they're already 
participating most of them a lot of them are even maxing it out at that stage yeah so. exactly but it could be a nice uh, a piece that is uh, being considered for the secure act 2.0 uh how yep. about the uh, catch-up contributions increase this one is interesting so we already know phil that at 50 they give us a, a catch-up contribution where we can start to put a little bit more away to for retirement now they're considering another provision to that but instead of just raising the whole number at the age of 50, they're staggering that as well and saying around the age 62, they're going to bump it up a little bit more. Do you think this is an interesting idea? Does he think there's any benefit to it? Yeah, this one's really odd. So, I mean, the, the way it is today, it's age 50, you can make additional contributions. So, and this is trying to help those that are getting close to retirement that didn't start when they were younger and starting to realize, you know, I need to really put more away. Mm -hmm. So at age 50 today, you can put another 6,500 into your 401k. If you're in a simple plan, you can put up to three, um, or if you're in an IRA, an extra thousand. So it, it's not a, a ton, but it gives you a little uh, boost, you know, for those later years in your retirement. So the change that they're looking at is that it, at age 62, three and four, so it's only three years. Right. It's really weird. And again, how they come up with some of these things, sometimes you got to scratch your head and say, okay, <laughs> Really? Are you serious? What, what were you thinking? Right. Yeah, you, you got to be right. It's got to be a give and take this, debate the, between senators. It has to be. Yeah, th this is the proposal. So there are those three years you get even more. So they give you for 401ks, they up it to 10. Um, for simples, they up it to five. And I don't see in there what they're talking about for IRAs, but I would imagine there's got to be some kind of an increase for that as well. Yeah. So, so, so for easy math, yeah, we're so talking I mean, it, 10,000, it, it right? an Yep. Yeah. So it's up, you know, another, um, and it's not an additional, it's just taking that 65 pay today up to 10. So it's another 3,500. So, so again, that. I mean, I, I think, I think it's a great provision, right? but yeah, but it's not a lot. It's, you know, three years, you're, little over 10 grand. Right. So if we're doing the math so. on this real quick, Phil, so let's just say at 50, from 50 to 62, you're able to put in the $6,500. We'll just go with that uh, particular account to make it easy, right? So we'll, we'll just say from 50 to 60. Sure. So there's, there's uh, you know, 10 years at 65, there's 65 grand. It's like 78,000. Yeah. yeah. 78,000 if you go to the two years. Then you add another 30 for the 10,000 each year from 62, 3, and 4. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's not chump change by any mean. I mean, you're up over $100,000 in a in a 14-year window, which could certainly be very beneficial, yes, for someone's retirement plan. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, again, it's it's um, for those that haven't put in enough or even those that have, kind of the flip side of this whole coin is it's not stipulating like the 401k where that goes. Is it traditional or is it Roth? Mm -hmm. I mean, it can be Roth. Okay, you know? gotcha. So, I mean, if, if you haven't, put a lot into Roth, this might be a great way to, to get a, you know, a, um, a boost in the amount of Roth and you can pick which direction it goes. Yeah. So again, a little weird on this one, some weird numbers to this, but overall seems like a pretty good benefit to, or two and four retirement in general. Uh, this one, this one feels like a compromise, uh, Phil, on the whole paying off student loan thing that's been all the rage uh, in the media for the last year plus. This is matching funds on student loan payoffs. The, the caveat with this is this sounds good. I think this will appease people, but how many businesses are actually going to do it? Basically, the setup is that if you've got big student loans to pay off and you can't afford to contribute for retirement and also pay your loans, the company you work for could offer matching funds to your loan payment into a retirement account for you. 
This just feels kind of like an appeasement to me. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it is. Um, again, I, I agree with you. I don't know how many companies are going to do it. I think it's a good idea, though. Because sure, yeah. The reality is, yeah, I mean, a lot of the, the younger generation just coming out of school, unfortunately, has a lot of student loan, you know, that in, in it's one of those things that you look at how I really can't contribute to the, the retirement account because I've got these student loans. Which again, I mean, you've got to manage your finances and I, I still contribute something, um, you know, start out small, but this just gives that uh, individual that really can't because they are making payments on their student loans. It gives them an opportunity to still participate through a company match into the, the 401k plans. So, right, right. Yeah, I think it's a great idea. Yeah, I think if it, if it's utilized, it could be a very cool tool. So basically, if you had a $500 a month student loan payment and you also couldn't afford to put any money in your retirement account, uh, then your company could put $500 a month to match your student payment into a retirement account for you. Now, the big question right. is going to be the incentives the government probably has to offer large corporations to do this. That'll be the interesting, you know, kind of side bit on that. But it's all moving into that direction. But I do like this over just paying off the students' debt for them and, and letting them out of the, you know, out of that fine. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I mean, again, company matches in general are um, a lot of times dollar for dollar, but it's going to be limited to a certain percentage. So, I mean, how that works, that's where it's going to be a little quirky, you know, because usually that's related to compensation and percentages there. So, how that ties into to, um, student loan payments, I, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to yeah, see how that plays out. Exactly. Well, they got a ways to go. And again, this stuff is not uh, approved yet. It's not passed yet. But this is just on the horizon for some updates to the SECURE Act, uh, which they're calling the SECURE Act 2.0. Final one, another weird kind of quirky one, Phil. Uh, they'll try to make a database to make it easier to find more or older excuse me, 401ks. To me, this kind of feels like, well, we want the database so that we can know where this money is, so we can get, so we can tax it whenever you close it out or whatever it is that you're doing. It isn't there something kind of like this already? Well, um, not really. For insurance, um, I thought I mean, there was something. Well, from from the IRS's viewpoint, they're going to know because the custodians have to report to the IRS okay. values and things of that nature. You know, so it's not like they're the IRS doesn't know. Um, I I think it's a great idea. Again, it's. It's one of those things at some point, if companies have money in a 401k, they can't find you, um, depending on how that, that 401k is established and what the custodian is required to do. I mean, they might end up having to, to make a distribution and they send it to the state. You know, so a lot of the state of Michigan, we've got this um, division of unclaimed property. And it's a good idea to go out there and look and see, you know, has there been anything like this that I forgot about that the bank or an old IRA or 401k has had to send that money to the state to hold for your benefit, you know, until some uh, point in the future. So, yeah, true. Um, true. So I'm, I'm assuming that's kind of the intention here is it'll prevent that. And especially again, for looking at demographics and I think who, who this is going to uh, relate to more is the younger generation. Um, a lot of the clients I work with, they've only had, two, three jobs in their whole career. Some of them have had one. They worked for the same company for 30 plus years. Right, you know? right. The, the younger generation, that's just not the case. It's, and again, it's not just that generation. It's, I think, companies in general. They're, the loyalty isn't there. Um, it, it's just a, a whole new way of the way things work, you know. So 
by the time people that are in the workforce today enter retirement, I mean, they easily could have worked for 10 plus companies. And, and it, unless you're tracking and really keeping uh, an eye on these 401ks, it's easy to lose track of them. Yeah. You know, Very all true. of a sudden you get down the road and, oh yeah, I forgot I worked for that company for three years and now oh, I, you know, moved, didn't move the, uh, the 401k into the new one or an IRA or something like that. So. That's a great point. So leave it to Phil, leave it to a financial professional to uh, bring some some good thinking as to how this could be beneficial across the board. And, and that's going to do it for us this week here on the Secure Act 2.0 possible updates. Again, these things are not put through yet, but if you have some questions, how you know if they go through, how it might affect you, or especially around the RMD, that's going to be the big one for a lot of our listeners. Yeah. Make sure you reach out and have a conversation with your advisor, or if you're not working with one, reach out to Phil. Uh, you should always check with a qualified professional before you take any action. You can talk with Phil at 248 7530 That's 248 7530 Or stop by the website, com. That's com. Phil's a CPA and a personal financial specialist with AFS Wealth Management. Phil, thanks for taking a little time on your vacation to hang out with us again. Uh, we'll let you get back to the family. Thanks to the family for uh, letting us borrow you for a few. Yeah, not a problem. They're just getting up and, and getting ready to go to the beach. So. All right. Well, we'll let you guys have at it. Have a great time. Enjoy yourself. And we'll be back at it here in a couple of weeks on Phil's Tax Hacks and Other Retirement Facts with Phil Putt. Investment advisory services offered through AFS Wealth Management. The content of this program is provided for informational purposes only and is not a solicitation or recommendation of any investment strategy. Investments and or investment strategies involve risk, including the possible loss of principal. There is no assurance that any investment strategy will achieve its objectives.